from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine. And everything in between. This is Legends Look Back. So let's be honest. We're having a show from our uh, very own homes here tonight on this uh, very lovely Thursday night, April 6th, 2023. And yet we could be at Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> in fact, our buddy Freddy never misses a celebration. It's in fact, in addition to judo and rad shirts, as well as dope hats, uh, it's essential to Freddy's personality that he goes to Star Wars Celebration every single time, no matter where it is, he's always going to be there. And uh, this year he's there without us, which is fine. It's really fine. Uh, Star Wars, Lucasfilm, hey, if you're listening, be awesome if you didn't schedule a Star Wars Celebration Easter weekend. Because, you know, it really alienates a lot of Christians. So uh, there's that. All right, I said it. I said it. I said the words. But uh, we're not, we don't have Freddie here with us tonight. But we do have the rest of the team. Welcome, guys. Hey, welcome. Hello. Good to see you. you. Uh, Let's play a little game. Let's go around the horn. You ready for this? What do you think Freddie's doing in London? I saw saw some some pics on the gram. Freddie and Nia got there early. Yeah, they've been doing the, the London thing. Uh, what do you what do you think? What do you think Freddie's been doing in London? Can I make, ready for can I make a, a caveat to our game? Sure. Can we play it in British accents? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that sounds Boy! Okay. I like it. Let's go. Governor, you're you're first. No, I can't do it, man. I can't. <laughs> Thanks for that. I tried. Uh, you think he's had a full English yet? Oh, that is. I like it. It's quite good. I think I think on toast for breakfast. <laughs> All right. What what's what's uh, what's Freddie doing in 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 London? Uh, here's my first one. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna start us I'm off. Hit us. Start us off strong. Ready? Anytime Freddie needs to know what time it is, he's mm-hmm. like, "Is it lunchtime?" He doesn't look at his watch. He walks to Big Ben. Mm. Yeah. And looks at the clock mm. to see what, what else is Freddie doing in, uh, in London. I bet he's minding the gap quite a bit. Oh, mind mind the gap. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of slipping into Australian. The more mm. I do a British accent, it's bad. But. Mm. Blimey. <laughs> Don't um, say that. I'll, then I will go full Australian. I do know that he did check out the Henge, Stonehenge. Oh, nice. Um, Is that what they call it? The the street use these know. days? That's what I call Let's it. Let's go to the Henge. <laughs> there's like a ton of stone circles, but like everybody only goes to that one. So I call it the Henge. We could say this, we could say this much. This episode is unhinged so far. Oh, true, yeah. true, true. I think he's having some good fish and chips down and having them by the buttload, perhaps. Did you say boatload or buttload? Buttload. I'm still still not. I said I said I said buttload, but I meant boatload. Mm. But Mm. you got it on on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm making my dogs bark. Double double decker bus hijacked it. He's probably like hijacking a double decker bus. (laughs) Oh no doubt. Street street racing it, isn't it? In it. Uh, When we went to, he's just like driving. (laughs) When we. When we went to uh, the side of Anakin and Padme's wedding in Italy a couple weeks ago, uh, there was a British couple sitting in, in front of us. And apologies to all of our British listeners, but this yes. particular, it was like a mother. No, no, no. This was, yeah, this was on the bus. Um, a mother and son, and they were both just swearing nonstop in their <laughs> British accent at the top of their lungs. Oh, boy. It was like a teenage boy and his, and his mom. And um, I was about to lose it. Um yeah, it was really it was really grinding my gears. Uh, my uh, hmm. so how do you think the I'm English sure would handle that? The British, how, how would they handle that? Uh, they'd probably cuss back mm. and or 
I, I tell you how I would handle it. I would throw some tea into the harbor. Oh no, <laughs> you went there. All right, I did. You All right, went how there. about this? What if what if he's? Uh, I bet you Freddie is currently at this very moment as we speak having tea with the queen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, the queen's dead, so the king. The oh, long live the king. I said what I point. said. She, he's probably having tea with the queen's force ghost. All right. Because after all, in this very special episode <laughs> yep. of Legends Look Back, we are talking yeah. about an episode where I'm possessed, you're possessed, everybody's possessed. Everybody's possessed. Uh, we've got long dead Sith lords hanging out with everybody yep. in the Legends Classics <laughs> Tales of the Jedi. Seriously, so, hold on. Very... Can we can we do a little like like um what's it called? What's the game? You fill up the squares. Bingo, that's the one. Um, let's play a little like Legends Freddy Bingo and just like try to like imagine what he's going to come back with, like stories. I, I think mm. famous person on a double decker, that, mm-hmm. that's my, 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 oh, my, you bingo guys will square. never, you'll never believe who I ran into. Sat next to Rosario Dawson on the double decker yeah, bus. Yeah, oh exactly, gosh. exactly. So, Freddy, his, that's his thing. He just, he, he has had all of these encounters with the famous royalty of Lucasfilm because of all these years of going to celebration and like the Rancho Obi Wan galas. Yeah, is it galas or gala? He would probably say gala because he's exotic. Mm. Um, but Where are we? Interesting man in the world. Heathens over here. No culture. There's three of us. I bet we say <laughs> all the Augustine too. Yeah, I bet she says Augustine. Oh my goodness, that was a very inside. Uh, the ministry joke right there. People yeah. kind of love that one. I know. Wait, how are you supposed Them to say Them and their it? crickets. The three of us. Augustine. How would Augustine? What? Is, I, I can't do it. I say I say Augustine. I do too. Like I, a, I just I, I like the like joke. A filthy of, casual. Yeah, exactly. Okay. People who well, are so fixed on today. Augustine. I'm like, you mean Augustine? I'm from Tennessee, y'all. Augustine. Well, listen. So. We may be uncultured, but to, oh, to all man. of our listeners out there, you're clearly not because you have joined us mm-hmm. for this episode mm-hmm. of yeah. Legends Look Back. You're we are us. talking about some of the Chefskis finest Legends material ever written, and Emily and Rick 100% agree with me, and they are not still struggling to even finish the uh, issues that I assigned for tonight's uh, roundtable, and so I'm very, very excited to get into it. So without further ado, Rick... Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back, proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network. This is a Star Wars books podcast for people who have arthritis uh, from, here it is, yeah, uh, people who have arthritis from crossing their fingers when they burned CDs for their friends oh. in hopes that their discs would burn correctly and not pop out prematurely. Ah! Where we celebrate our rich EU history as well as dive into lesser-known Star oh Wars classics. Gosh. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and I'm joined by my wonderful legendary co-host, not Freddie C, because he's at Celebration, ah! but uh, I do have, however, joining me tonight, the lovely Emily Daybeck. I love these intros, man. Every single week you have a different one, and it cracks me up every single time. I've got some like yep. chest congestion tonight, guys. I apologize. I've been very sick, but I'm feeling You've good been, now. Uh, so if you hear the me pipe like again, hacking along in the background, it's not because I'm. What, what's the British way to say having having a sig? No, that's not right. having a right proper fit. No. I don't know. I don't know. Dang. All right, well, I didn't go well, anywhere. <laughs> I, I do appreciate the uh, the love on mm. on my uh, my little '90s illustrations. I, I'm gonna be honest time. with you, I I do put a ton of work into those. 
Good shows. Um, well so done. I, I, recent, I recently discovered there's a lady on TikTok. I have to give her a shout out, uh, a proper shout out next week <laughs> on the show uh, because she has this series of things you uh, only knew in the 90s. Things, what is it? Oh, uh, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah. Things only you will know about if you lived in the 90s sort of things. Uh-huh. Uh, part 247. I mean, yeah. she's done a, a buttload of these if you're Rick. <laughs> and um, so I got some of the That's, that's the definitely a Rickism. You should get that a tattoo. <laughs> your, yeah. Where would you get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah your arm. <laughs> on your boat. That's where on you On your boat. Yeah. <laughs> Rick, you're not on a boat. You are, however, here on Legends Look Back. I, Welcome to our producer, Rick Grace. I'm, maybe I'm on a sinking ship. It's too, too soon to tell. But I'm here. <laughs> Good to have you here, even if you haven't finished the required reading, which, you know what, uh, it happens to the best of us and to the worst of us, as I always say. Rick, that was a guilty look if I ever saw one as somebody who has taught a Bible class or look two. Look at my giant mug that says best dad ever. <laughs> I, that's a deflection. What? I know a deflection. What? Well, uh, I'm very excited to talk about this. Uh, however, we do have a couple of... Uh, a couple of promos to make here at the top of the show before we get into the episode proper. Emily, lead us off. Tell us about uh, the the fun things happening over on our sister show, the Star Wars Archives. Absolutely. So as of April 23rd, we are changing the release schedule. So Star Wars Archives is incredible. They are um, just the, all the ins and outs of all the things you didn't need to know about Star Wars, but it's so fascinating. Uh, so if you haven't heard <laughs> their show yet, you should check it out. Uh, We currently release that as a three-month gap, so our patrons get it right away. Uh, If you support us on Patreon, you've always gotten it right away. And then uh, public release was about three months after. But we are changing it to where, like, as soon as the patrons get one release, like, we're basically just one release back. So we will release it to the public um, just one episode away. So. That is a really exciting right now because they've just released a ton of new episodes. Are we current with that? Yeah. So, you know, uh, I believe today is the fourth. So uh, all week, if you have been paying attention, you've been getting some new Star Wars archives in your feed in the general release. So uh, today is, uh, what is it, the sixth? That the can't sixth. be right. Yep, today's the it? sixth. Oh, wow. What a week this has been. Uh, <laughs> so today would be the Rebels episode. Uh, and then next, oh, this one's my favorite out of the the, the list mm. of episodes coming out this week. There's a Force Ghost episode, which is very timely for Tales of the Jedi. <laughs> And for those of you who are not Very aware, private. Trevor, who is one of the main hosts of the show, is uh, one of our tri- timeline fanatics. Like, he is fantastic at um, making sure our timeline is picture perfect. And when we were at Celebration last year, someone who worked on the timeline book, who wrote the timeline book, said that she referenced some of his work uh, on our oh, timeline. Oh, and that's finally coming the... out at this celebration. Is finally. it really? <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, that's, um, right. that's right. Yeah, they're legit. Yeah, and shout out to Trev, who has has celebration happening in his own backyard. I did see a pic where he was taking a bunch of uh, Utini folk to his favorite pub, as they call it. A right proper pub. Also, uh, Rick, what have you done? I can't stop with the British accent. Um, <laughs> yeah, Amy Amy Rickow. Richow, I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce that. Right, you. Uh, sh- sh- that's a Pokemon. Um, <laughs> shout out to Amy. Wonderful, lovely person. Got the chance to meet her. And uh, congratulations mm-hmm. on the publication of your book. Yes. Rick, tell the good folks about Utini cosplay while I go grab my Jedi robes. Great. <clears throat> so, do you like to 
Star Wars cosplay? Because I know I do, and I like to Photoshop myself into weird Star Wars scenes, because why not? So good at that. Uh, but... Uh, for April, the month of April, which we are in six days, Jared, into the month of April, uh, we are doing a Utini cosplay showcase. Uh, this is dedicated to all you cosplayers out there. And so either if you are inspired by or you steal your look uh, and you made an outfit, show it off. So what we're going to do is we're going to showcase, showcase the brilliant talent that uh, you guys in our Utini community and the extended Star Wars community has to offer especially with celebration going on um so whether you're at london or you're at home we want to be celebrating with you and so here's what you need to know we want to see your work so share your cosplay with us in the utini cosplay event channel in discord that is live now or use uh, hashtag Utini Cosplay in your social media posts. And then each week um, on The Living Force and Legends Look Back, we'll be shining a spotlight on some of our favorite uh, cosplay entries and celebrate you guys' craftiness. And um, maybe we'll get in on it a little bit later. So we can't wait to see your takes on our favorite galaxy far, far away all month long. And feel free to, to message Timothy if you have any questions. Um, and uh, yeah, special shout out to Alexander for helping out with the idea as well. And who is that who's joined the show? Oh my. They'll never recognize me oh, now that man. I'm in my Sith Lord costume. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hello there. Oh, uh-huh. hey. Actually, every single time, this is my like one of my favorite running gags with my wife. Every time she puts her hood up, like if she's wearing a hoodie, she'll say, "I bet they'll never recognize me now," <laughs> because like that's what Sith lords do. They put their hood up and they're like, "Ah, oh, now I'm a Sith lord." That's right. Invisible, like cloak of invisibility. Yeah. Oh, hey. By the way, Rick, we're supposed to be pulling the images from that channel, that the competition oh. with that hashtag. You know, I was wondering about that as I read that like show. So, <laughs> we're doing yeah. that starting uh-huh. in we're, in April that we're already six days into. Yeah. Exactly. Also, I am currently needing to complete my Jedi robes uh, garb because when we yeah. did our gag on the show last year for Kenobi Week, yep. I did not have the rest of the ensemble. I had a tunic and then I wore a bathrobe underneath, and it mm-hmm. came across fine on camera. However, you didn't see what was happening from the waist down. Yeah. But now I actually need Jedi pants and mm. boots mm-hmm. and a belt for yeah. uh, I'm doing a Star Wars wedding. And um, oh, nice. Oh. But yeah, uh, turns out I was like, oh yeah, I've got Jedi robes already. No, I only had half of the costume because mm. ours was for a podcast. Yep. yep. <laughs> I had to buy like some girl boots from Goodwill. And then, like, cut them down the back because my fat calves wouldn't fit in them. Um, but it, it worked out. Rick. So, yeah. What? Oh, hey, Rick, you gonna you gonna put these compliments down in the on the show here of everybody telling me I look good in my Jedi robes? Because you're welcome to if you'd like. Oh my gosh. Oh well, we had a request. Is this what you're talking about? No, mm. oh, come on. This is a running gag on the show for a couple of years at this point. Look at how Freddy's like trying. my face is now hidden. It's like yeah, <laughs> it's my Mike Mike Wazowski pop up. I made the show, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rick, ha- uh, Freddie has been trying to get me to cosplay as Salacious B. Crumb. It hasn't happened yet. It will happen. It hasn't, but... One of these well, days. It, I I would like uh, a, one of those, the animatronic ones that'll sit on your shoulder. So mm. if anybody wanted cool. to get me a gift for Life Day. So would it then you be like cosplaying as Jabba? Hairless cats. Would that count? 
Uh, 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 I do not no. like those. Mm. <laughs> Moving on. It reminded me of the default bearded protagonist in KOTOR 2. I, that's the greatest compliment I've ever received in my entire life. Thank you. I hope you're not talking about the woman. Oh. All right. Um, mm. well, the, can, canonically in Legends, the protagonist in, in KOTOR 2 mm. is a female because oh. of the book, Revan. Yeah, that was mm. kind of an inside meta joke there. Rick. Save the day here. Uh, yes. Tell the good folks about Tales of the Jedi. What are we talking about tonight? Let's talk about Tales of the Jedi. Yeah, there it is, Jared. Let's hold that book up so everybody can oh, see. Yeah. What is, is that? Beautiful. The Epic um, uh, Volume 2? Yeah, this is the Epic Collection Volume 2 because Volume 1 doesn't actually contain any issues of Tales of the Jedi. It right. contains Dawn of the Jedi. Dawn of the Jedi, yeah. But this doesn't contain all the issues that we're talking about tonight. No, no. Because that's coming in Volume 3, which comes out in June. And so... I, you know, heard Tales of the Jedi, and then I was like, oh, well, Volume 1's all Dawn of the Jedi, so not that one. So I've read, like, 80% of Volume 2, which we're talking about next week. But yeah, okay, anyway. So, Tales of the Jedi is an ongoing comic series from Dark Horse, published back in the good old days, in between 1993 and 98. Um, let's see, it was written by Tom Veach and Kevin J. Anderson, uh, illustrators were Christian Gossett and Janine Johnston, David Roach, Tony Atkins, and Dario Carrasco. Yeah, um, you're welcome for that. Yeah. Yeah, many- as, as we mentioned, um, there's a good chunk of issues that are collected in Tales of the Jedi Volume 2, the Legends Epic Collection. That would include Golden Age of the Sith, Fall of the Sith Empire, and then... Tales of the Jedi, one through five, and then the Freed and Nad Uprising. Those those first two that I mentioned, Golden Age of the Sith and Fall of the Sith Empire, are a prequel to this story, which is already a prequel, um, that was written after the first issue. So we're covering specifically the saga of Ulic Keldroma and Nomi Sunrider in tonight's uh, episode. We're following along with like publication release, because we're purists in that way. Slash, It's the way I wanted to do it, so... That's the real reason, all right? Um, then the rest of it, the rest of it, that came out in June. The next set of issues that uh, comes out in, in what is that? This June, and that's Dark Lords of the Sith, The Sith War, Tells the Jedi Redemption, um, and then some other random riffraff that is uh, paired in there for kicks and giggles. So tonight we're covering the Beast Riders of Onderon, <laughs> the Freedom Nad Uprising, Dark Lords of the Sith, and... The Sith War. Clear as mud? Yep. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I read all of these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rick definitely did not read all of these, and that's okay. And if you didn't tonight, we're going to try to give you know spoiler warnings as we go at the appropriate junctions. Emily said she did finish the required reading shortly before the show, so it's at least, mm-hmm. it's at least fresh on his mind. I asked Jacob, when is the Omni release? He says, July of next year, LMAO. So... Let's get into it. What do you say? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. I'm very excited for this. And, of course, if you're wanting uh, some more um, content, some more uh, information on this, Freddie and I did a roundtable on Tales of the Jedi all in one roundtable years ago. Uh, We're this time around going into more detail, separating the story arcs a little bit more, and getting uh, Rick and Emily's input as well. So there's – I did compare the notes, and I've tried not to ask the exact same questions. So if you want more info – uh, you can find that over there. All right. You should go so, back and that, steal Freddie's answers. <laughs> yeah, that would not work because it's an audio podcast and, um, well, 
we're live. So in case you didn't know, Rick, this what? is a live. Cheating. <laughs> this is live since when? Mm. But um, this is spoiler warning. We're going to get into some of the big spoilers. Um, we won't go into explicit spoilers on like how the last story arc ends, at least until late in the show. So um, if you've only read, you know, the first couple story arcs, you're safe for a little while. All right. Uh, I didn't totally finish writing the summary, but <laughs> here's what I've got. Can't <laughs> wait. Meeting the theme for tonight's show. Um, all right, here we go. Three Jedi apprentices, Ulik, Keldrama, his brother Kay, and the Twi'lek, Tatdanita, go to Onderon to investigate the tensions between the royal family, uh, Queen Aminoa and King Omen and, you know, uh, all of them, and the unruly beast riders that live in the woods and ride dinosaurs. Ah! Um, turns out the beast riders are rad, and uh, the royal family are possessed by the spirit of Sith Lord Frida Nad, which, you know, they probably oh should have included that in the initial email. And so the planet breaks out in civil war. The Jedi are caught in between. There's a princess who's in love with a beast rider, and they show up wedding crasher style, like uh, like uh, Owen. What's that guy's name with the big nose? Hey. Wilson. Owen Wilson. Yeah, like Owen. <laughs> Owen Wilson trying to bust up the. All right, trying to bust up the wedding, but they were ah Jedi not supposed to disrupt the wedding because they're in love. And you Jedi have a lot to learn. There's a lot more that happens with all that. Jedi are victorious, but like kind of have a whole lot to learn and really mess things up along the way. They're saved by their master who comes in and said, yeah, y'all should have just came back to me when you found out that everything was so messed up. And But Ulla Keldrama, hey, he is uh, charismatic and headstrong. And, well, there's a lot more to cover that I didn't have time to type out, including the saga of Nomi Sunrider, who becomes a Jedi after her husband is murdered by some common street thugs like a wimp. Yeah, that was a take <laughs> Exar Kun became a Sith Lord because he's a straight-up punk, but he's got a cool ponytail and a double-bladed lightsaber. Okay, um, okay. we're going to have to clarify the timeline for me there. We'll get back to it. We'll get back right, to it. Yep. Um, and also... My favorite of the entire story arc when Ulit Keldrama challenges the Mandalore to an epic duel. So that's cool. Um, there's a lot more of people falling to the dark side and Sith amulets and Sith spirits and uh, Jedi temples and Masasi beasts and uh, the rule of two. So, oh, wow, there's a ton to get into. But first, let's go around the horn and rate this uh, first chunk of Tales of the Jedi comics that we have read for tonight's show. Emily, let's start with you. Uh, how do you rate this on a scale from Masterpiece to Incredible? Those are the only two scores that I'm accepting tonight. <laughs> One's below Incredible. Is it, like, good? Good. It should be great. I advocated for great to be somewhere mm -hmm. right in between, but, yeah. Um, you do you. I, I'm going to go kind of low. I think great or, or good, whatever is, like, three out of five. I feel like that's... Yeah, that's a good... That's, that's a good. good. That's good for me. I'll reserve my final I'll judgment until after discussion. That's fine. Not everybody can be right. All right. Rick, <laughs> where are well, you at with this? So what I have read, I've been very surprised by, just because I didn't know anything about this era. Uh, and so it's been really fun. Like I said, I've, I've read um, the other stories. What are those other arcs? <laughs> That are in uh, the beginning <laughs> the, of volume the golden two. age of the Jedi, the golden ages, yes, that all that, mm. and so that was interesting. Um, it's been a little jarring just jumping from world to world, yeah, um, like in between issues, but uh, um, 
man, I I feel like I'm giving it an incomplete grade because I haven't. That's fine. Incomplete. So, an I. Uh, the yeah, only grade lower incomplete. than an F. <laughs> can I can I like take it again for audit credit or something? Like how does that's that right. Work? You yeah. you get a do over next week because we do have a part two on yes. the roundtable. In fact, when I was initially scheduling this all out, I made it into a three part roundtable, but that felt excessive, so <laughs> I've dialed it back into two. It could have been three. I mean, we could have covered you know half of these issues, and maybe Rick would have gotten them done. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe, maybe. So let's start off with the characters. I've divided these up into two segments, the heroes and the villains. But even the heroes, some of them are a little villainous, let's be honest. So starting with the heroes, our protagonist, Ulit Keldrama. This is a spoiler for something that does happen in Dark Lords of the Sith. So you've been warned. Ready? Five, four, three. In case you can't tell in this particular image, Ulit does, in fact, fall to the dark side in the storyline called Dark Lords of the Sith. It's right there in the title. Come on, y'all. But here's my question. Did you did you expect Ulic to fall to the dark side? Did you see his fall coming? Uh, did it catch you off guard? Did you see it coming? Uh, where were you at with all that? Emily, you're up. Um, I couldn't get on board with his storyline. Um, I, I felt like I saw his fall from like a mile away because like you can't mess with the dark side and like every young buck Jedi comes up and is like, oh, I could probably tame it. And then, like, every single time, they fall. And, like, I don't understand how we're still kind of working the same storyline. And it's, I I liked that he had a brother. I liked that dynamic. And ultimately, Uh, that that does prove very important. Um, So I liked that bit. That's about, that that was my favorite part. I'll say that. I'll keep it positive. That was my favorite part is that, like, he came as, like, a duo. And, like, one side stayed true. And then the other side Uh really fell. I love that. I oh, mm, this is in case you can't tell. By the way, this is a masterpiece for me. There is nothing in all of Star Wars that I enjoy more than the Tales of the Jedi and Dark Lord of the Sith audio dramas. And I okay. know that I'm a broken record, and I've said this a hundred times on the show. Like Dark Empire is here, and then like a fair like one percent below it for me is hmm. is Tales of the Jedi, specifically the audio dramas. They're so. Mm. Um, rich and also extremely campy at the same time mm-hmm. in a beautiful, a beautifully entertaining way. Yep, and uh, yeah, and, and and then like third for me after that would be the original trilogy. I, I rank <laughs> it lower for me in my really? personal enjoyment, like re revisitability factor. Which original uh, trilogy? Like, like, like uh, the novelization. What's what's it called? Comicalization of the film. No, I'm talking about like actually watching the movies. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like the for comics. So. No, like like just watching the films. And my reason for that is, um, they're a little mainstream, and also oh, you like I'm a purist. Like a and I I only like to watch the original trilogy, like any Star Wars movie, on a big screen with great sound. Uh-huh. So like I don't just watch them on TV. I I, it just doesn't quite. I know how cool it can be, so I don't. Mm. But these, you can just pop them in anytime. Uh, cassette tapes, CDs, you there, mm. go for it. I've I've got them. You know, a little bit more modern than that. But yeah, masterpiece for me. There's my answer. Um, now you brought something great up a second ago, uh, Emily, which is the brother. So that's a great dynamic that is revisited at the end of his storyline, which we can talk more about later. And what eventually brings Uluk back from the dark side, which is interesting. So the brother. Um, Rick, you got something teed up for us. What you got? 
Yeah. So you asked uh, if we saw Ulix fall to the dark side coming. Yeah. And uh, I just read this panel um, like today. Um, Master Arca, Freedon Nad was a Jedi. How can a Jedi trained in the ways of the light fall victim to the dark side? <laughs> it has happened more than once. Fortunately, uh, fortunately, it does not happen often. Ulik, my son, pray that it never happens to you. And there's this dramatic, like, side glance. Yeah. So, like, that's right. the biggest foreshadowing you yeah. oh possibly have. It's, like, have. not subtle at so. all. Right. What issue is that from, Rick? Um, I think one... that's... Oh, you... is it the very first issue? No, it's, no it's the one right before uh, Nomi Sunrider, Saga number one. Okay, so, okay, so me... that's the end. That's the last... Tales five, I guess, Tales five. Yeah, so that's the end of that first little story arc. Yeah, yeah. So, Emily, um, you brought up a great point in that you did not love the way that he fell to the dark side. What if I told you that writer Tom Veach agreed with you? Hmm. Um, well, then I would say, this well done. Is, <laughs> this is actually one of, of the divisive... It's one of the divisive points in Tales of the Jedi that Tom Veach and Kevin J. Anderson... Tom Veach wrote Dark Empire. T Kevin J. Anderson wrote a ton of 90s legend stuff, including Jedi Academy trilogy. Um, they collaborated on this, and Tom Veach has gone on the record saying, in hindsight, he wished that they had never collaborated, and uh -huh. he didn't love the way that particular storyline was kind of... He, he described it as ripped away from him, mm. got out of hand... Uh, he had some sort of vision, and we just don't quite know what it was. And that, to me, is really interesting. Now, I will respond to this. You said that how many times can we see this happen? A Jedi who falls to the dark side, right? However, Emily, I'm going to put the ball back in your court. This is 1993, maybe 94, you know, when the Dark Lords of the Sith is coming out. How many Jedi had fallen to the dark side in Star Wars storytelling by this point? Dark Empire. Like it was, oh, yeah, I I've, I've read this before. So like, I opened it, I'm like, this is just Dark Empire and like just a different, slightly different storyline. And there's like a single yeah, mom right. thrown in there. <laughs> like, and there's there's Darth Vader. Heard of that guy, you know? Like, sure, but yeah. this, that's that's not a big list to go off of. That's I mean, true, at I this guess. point, how many Jedi do we know exist? Yeah, there's four. You know, like now they did a great job in other areas. <laughs> I liked, uh, I liked a lot of other parts about it. I didn't. Yeah. I, I don't know. I felt like the brother was kind of like, he's important in the long run, but he kind of did nothing really of significance. Right, yeah. And he's got major sidekick energy. Yeah. And then it looks like he's has definitely this the younger brother. You know what I'm saying? Zarkoon, and it's like, who's in charge? Like, who who is the, who's the leader here? Like, are you guys just collaborating? But like, you're Sith. It's so not that's much of a master apprentice relationship. No. I don't know. And it could have just been the pace. So like, I didn't have time to savor. Like the art as much as I would have liked, uh, I did at first. I was like really trying to like enjoy the moment, and then I realized I was gonna run out of time. And sure enough, uh, I was reading up to the last minute. So it could have just been like the pace was just too hard, like too fast to like really take in the story. It is fast. No, I, I do agree that I think that the 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 fall is rushed in terms of story, but that is often the case with comics. Yeah, uh, that's I mean true. even like the this the more recent High Republic comics, it just fast. feels like. The you know the the first phase of High Republic the Marvel stuff 
um, like a character story arc is just way too fast. Mm-hmm. And you needed so much more time, years even, to sink into a run. That's why something beautiful like uh, John Jackson Miller's Knights of the Old Republic series, which ran for 55 issues, you get plenty of time in that mm-hmm. for characters to develop. Mm-hmm. This was a much more accelerated pace, but that could never have run had this not walked first. So mm-hmm. this definitely paved the way. But it's a great point. It's a great point uh, to not necessarily love his fall to the dark side. Um, you're in good company there. It's a divisive point mm-hmm. for the series. You did bring up the brother, Kay Keldroma. There's also the the Twilight, Tot Danita. Um, I've got an audio <laughs> clip that I forgot to pass along to Rick. So maybe for next week uh, of when, when Kay loses his arm. Ah, classic Star Wars. He's... Uh, it loses a limb amputated in this story, and uh, I do love the way they keep referring to it as his droid arm after this. Mm-hmm. Um, not as his robotic arm or his mm-hmm. prosthetic arm, but uh, his droid arm. Um, That'd be so cool. It's like Go Go Gadget, but it's just. Hey! It would be cool if I could like, right. detach and like do things and then come back. That'd be yeah, you could sick. just kind of see that this is this is like the the first kind of forays into the expanded universe. Yeah, in many ways, okay. this was these legends authors kind of just figuring it all out, I and mean, it's 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 fun to see in that way. Now we've talked about Ulit Keldrama a little bit. This kind of headstrong Jedi who uh, gets a little uh, angry, and then that anger runs off with him. And I will say in response before we move on to to Nomi that him him falling to the dark side. Th- Yes, it's similar to Dark Empire in the sense that he says, I'm going to join the Sith in order to, de- to defeat them. That's the same <laughs> That's the same story arc there, for sure. The same beats. You could tell Tom Beach kind of had his thing mm-hmm. that he wanted to describe. And I love that as a storytelling move, perhaps not so close together in both of these two early 90s comics doing it. Uh, but I do like this theme that it, it paints with fate. Almost like you were destined to fall to the dark side, and the Sith knew they they claimed you before you ever even were flirting with the dark side. Hmm. You were destined to be a Sith Lord, and I do wonder, you know, um, with both Exar Kun, which we're talking more about later, and Ulit Keldrama, kind of falling into this dark vortex of the dark side, whether or they wanted to to be a part of it or not. I, I wonder how responsible do you think? They are for their own actions of evil versus how much is the story are the storytellers painting this as fate or maybe on a third level, you know, manipulation by the devil made me do it sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. the, the dark side forces, um, the, these dark ghosts, uh, you know, inviting you, possessing you even to the dark side. Uh, That's the a theme good point. of fate. The that, theme of fate. Um, that Sith poison was sick. Like, that was the coolest twist. I loved that part, where it was just how it's like a slow fade. It has a twist you didn't expect. Did it, was anybody else surprised by that? Yeah, I thought that was great. I little loved that. Storytelling that kind fabric, of was more sure. like the playing into the fate thing, or like he really didn't have a choice. It kind of added some complexity to it's his character sickness. that he could very well yeah. want to be different, but he can't <clears throat> control his emotions. He's like a toddler in like a... A Sith body, <laughs> just yeah. I mean, like a sick person. Yeah, there's there's sicknesses that can play on your own ability to reason, mm. or can make you more, you know, uh, easily upset, uh, more emotional. Um, I wish that they had added some more. Um, Im- imply that he was torn between the two because it seemed like he mm. was like, no, I'm Sith now. 
like everything's fine. But like if they if they had played into that a little bit more and kind of made it seem like maybe he could come back to the light on his own. Because um, it seems like Nomi is just always trying to rush in to, to save him based off this love interest that they have, which I also find yeah. kind of confusing. I think in hindsight, I would have liked to have seen that not be a part of the series. Yeah, me too. But this was the 90s, and yeah. boy, it's, it's thirsty. You know, they they thrive off the... Mm-hmm. The romantic pairings. They do. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, you've got another romantic pairing with with Ulick with the the dark mistress Alima Kito. Oh my gosh. And um, <laughs> and her cousin brother. They're kind of a twisted pair. Star Wars Cito. relationship. That's right. That's right. And so, uh, how much? How much? We can talk about her a little bit. How much do you think she's responsible for Ulick's fall to the dark side? <laughs> Rick, you gotta start, man. <laughs> she she seduces him and is twisting his ear and whispering sweet nothings like, mm, I like it when you're a bad boy. And he's like he's like, maybe I am a bad boy. But he's not. I mean he's like your shining knight Jedi and instead he Dude, he has like a goth girl. Fight. It was just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> what you mean? I guess I am bad now. Yeah, I guess. Sure. Sure. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So anyway, that's that's a whole that's a whole story where you know the two of them uh, are flirting with the Sith. They're they're interested in finding Sith relics, and then they get 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 in over their heads, and they're sieging, uh, uh, staging a coup on their home planet to what, uh, the Empress Teta system, and um, yeah. they get mixed up with Exar Kun and Ulik, and they're pitting the two against each other, which I find an interesting little story triangle there. Rick, were you about to add something on that? No, just there. I like how complex like the story is, where there's so many different characters, so many different things happening. I wasn't expecting that, and so the fact that there's so many different planets, some mm. are familiar, some are less familiar. You got to see Coruscant. Uh, you got to see well, not Coruscant. Um, that's that's in the other one. Onderon. Um, Onderon. You got to Which see. Really takes on a life of its uh, own for yeah. years to come. Yeah. Uh huh. So I, both, I think that was cool. It's in both Night Sealed Republic and now, uh, you know, Clone Wars. It's Onderon's mm-hmm. been where everybody's trying to go back to Onderon, which is cool. It's one of my favorite <laughs> Legends planets for sure. We're going to stake our Legends flag in Onderon and we're not leaving this hill um, unless a Sith Lord, you know, possesses us and then makes us go conquer other systems, which is fine. All right. Hey, mm-hmm. we've talked about Ulik and his fall and his shining knighthood, and yet is seduced by the woman. But, uh, of course, a little you know, spoiler here for the last of these story chunks, the, the Sith War. Um, his brother dies, Kay dies, and that loss is uh, eventually you know, what, what breaks Ulik. It breaks the dark side spell over him, and Nomi is the one who casts a force spell upon him to sever his connection with the force. You are cut off. Pitch perfect. Um, yeah, so he's cut off. Thank you, Emily, for the, the pity laugh there. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> that landed for somebody out there driving in their car. Mm. <laughs> I guarantee it. So, hey, um, he's cut off from the force and yet helps them, the Jedi, to go and take down Exar Kun, who's doing the, the big Yavin 4 thing. Uh, with the Masasi, and it, yeah, it's out of control, but pretty cool. I love you having four. Um, it, it's a great wrinkle to the story in terms of the, that the power of his brother's love is what saves him, and yet it's not a full redemption. You know, he doesn't Mm-mm. go back to the light side. He's cut off from the Force for the redemption story. 
would you would you take care to take a wager on what story, uh, which of these upcoming story arcs that we're going to cover next week might cover Ulix Redemption? Any, hmm. any guesses? I'll give you a I'll give you a hint. We're going to talk about three next week: the Golden Age of the Sith, the Fall of the Sith Empire, and Tales of the Jedi Redemption. Huh. <laughs> huh. I'm going to go with Redemption. Mm. <laughs> you know, I almost said something about um, not knowing if he's going to choose to come back or not, but then I was like, I'll just not say anything because I don't know. And I have a feeling I might have an idea now. I but it's know. handled really well, and it's Good. and it's years after the rest of Tales of the, Je- of Tales of the Jedi has been put on the shelf, and it's oh, got cool. an updated, fresher art style, which is cool, um, and it follows... Uh, we won't get into it. We'll get. It. We'll, we'll, we'll wait. But it is for my money, and and I know many Legends fans, including some in the chat here tonight, one of the best Legends stories ever told. Um, it is top ten for me, without a doubt. So we'll get more into that. We've talked about Ulik. Let's move on at least for a few minutes here to Nomi. Um, I, I wonder when Nomi's introduced. There's already been five issues. The Tales of the Jedi. In your opinion, does Nomi upstage Ulik as the protagonist of the series? Does she kind of steal the limelight? I thought so. Emily's. Emily's nodding along. Yeah. Uh, you thought so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Rick? Yeah. <laughs> also, he's not yes. yet read the Nomi issues. All <laughs> no, right. I, I have read the Nomi issues. I just, I'm still with Master, not Thor, Thrawn or Thon or Thon. Yeah, the Rhino. Mm. The Rhino. And so I haven't got to the part where she actually, you know, th- fits into her calling and gotcha. all that. So. Yeah, no, I thought her storyline was beautiful. Um, I There are very few complaints that I have. Um, I think she has a fantastic backstory and is, like, a really compelling character. She's got motivation. She's got complexity. Like, she is mourning the loss of her husband and doesn't really mm-hmm. want to fight, which is a beautiful spot to be as a Jedi. Uh, she's a mom, which is amazing and there you go. strong yeah. and... Um, and has this unique and fa- power so it that connects we very seen. well with <laughs> what'd you say with us and balding, which connects yeah. very well with you know the people like me and Rick at this stage in our life. Uh, Look at that are, hairline, there which we go. brings <laughs> me to the few um irritations I have, which is that it was kind of jarring the uh, the variety of illustrations that we got for Nomi. Um, where she was, she started off as this weird like hairline, and then she was like this flowing desert lady, and then who like refused to be violent at all, and then ends up coming back to the weird hairline. So it was a little bit like the the illustration difference was a little bit jarring for me, but I love the character. Some- I think there's some creative differences happening behind the scenes yeah. with this series, including the design of Nomi. Um, and so you can see in some of the art kind of the 90s woman uh, style coming through where she's, you know, uh, um, curvy and yet slender and the long flowing locks. Um, I'm trying to describe this tastefully. Um, but then she's then, a babe. If she, Sometimes she's got this odd hairline. Yeah, and so it's and like sometimes she looks real weird. It seems like they can't quite commit to what they want that character to be. Yeah. Visually. But, but I think, like battle I think meditation? Get, Heck yeah. Like let's the, bring the that. greatest the greatest Jedi power of all time. Ah, that battle was meditation. So cool. I do, it's like all right, so the two like 
main female leads. There's like the protagonist, no, um, yeah, Nomi, and then there's Alima, who's like this sick Sith sorceress who is totally the opposite and like yeah. wily and like very sexualized and like that was a weird cunning kind of turn but like also a very strong female lead which you're not really sure what her goal even is until the very end and you're like okay so she's just been playing everyone this whole time um so very interesting female characters uh i felt like the I, I hadn't thought about- love triangle was a little a little much for me I think I would. I do think that that is one of the weaknesses of the series. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it would have been much. I feel like Luke would have been such a stronger like uncle figure to her daughter, if it had been like more like (gasps) a familial bond where she's Mm. like you can't. Uh, Because like the daughter is there, but like she doesn't ever do anything. But they keep talking about her. That's all I'm gonna say is wait for it. Okay, like I know ah, she's gonna do something, but they keep saying like she's gonna be a great Jedi. Like okay, great. The bond between Hmm. Nomi's daughter Vima and Ulik is. It's good. The greatest thing in Tales of the Jedi uh, Redemption. Yes. Okay. Well, thank so. you. Because like that makes me feel better. It does I'll go stop somewhere. Talking now. It does go somewhere. So yeah. No, you're right. Um, I had not thought to compare Alima and Nomi. Uh, Alima, who is ambitious and like she's trying to conquer the system and gain these Sith powers, and Nomi, who's like, I don't want to be a Jedi. I don't want to. I don't want a lightsaber. The lightsaber killed my husband. I don't want to do it. Very reluctant. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that. It's a really good contrast. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, talked about Nomi here being uh, kind of the upstaging protagonist of the series. Uh, Emily Wax Poetic, and I interrupted her a few times. Apologies for that. You're making some great points. I, um, I just monologue. I, I loved, hearing, <laughs> loved hearing your perspective on that. Um, let's talk about two more heroes before we move on. Rick, your favorite character um, being Thawne, hmm. the Rhino Jedi, <laughs> and Arka Jeth, who is the, the Jedi Master to uh, Ulik and Nomi. No, Ulik and I can do this. K and uh, there's one more. The Twilight, Tatanita. So the three of them come from Arca. Yeah. Um, who is the better Jedi Master mentor of Tales of the Jedi? Thawn in one corner, Arca Jeth in the other. Rick, start us off. Um, I just want to start off by <clears throat> this this photo, man, or this this screenshot, whatever. Great, great naming convention, Star Wars. Tot. Tot. Yeah, that's his name. I had, a, I had a friend in high school named Tot. I can't and, help but hear Tater. I know. like That's an implied Tater. Mm. It's there. And then Thawne. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. not Thrawn. Not Thor. Thawne. Yeah, it's a, great, it's a great Star Wars name. It fits right Don't in the spot. It. <laughs> that's right uh, that's right so yeah. I do like the bait and switch with uh, them thinking that the Jedi Master is the one riding I the beast, love and that. that turns that out that was so cute I know the that beast, reference <laughs> the beast is the Jedi aha what a cool oh, yeah. cool twist they had so many aliens in this series there were a ton they of really cool of ones it's just because it's a great series I mean they did that really opinion. well there, you know, some of the humans had problems, but the aliens were on point. And some, some, some hut politics, you know. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, what was that? That ship that mm-hmm. was like a like a space wasp carcass. Um, oh, that was so cool. I forgot that about was that. Fun. 
The, the ship point. design, and there's a lot to be said about the ship design. Mm-hmm. And this yes. and how the entire look of the series, how it's crafted, especially, let's see, which of the artists is responsible for much of this? It is Christian Gossett. Um, in fact, uh, talked about, like, in, in there's three issues of Star Wars Insider where there's a behind-the-scenes deep dive on the history of Tales of the Jedi. It's issues 150, 151, and 153. So all of those are available on, like, the Titan Magazine's app. Uh, or their website and go back and find those back issues, or or perhaps your library system. So uh, physical issues in your library, or even like through Hoopla, Overdrive, um, Libby, uh, my library system has like a tremendous back catalog of Star Wars Insider. So hmm. these these particular articles are worth checking out. And Gossett goes into deep detail about the early '90s being tasked with creating kind of a medieval look for Star Wars ships. And so that's where you kind of get that wasp design. It went with a, kind of so a steampunk cool. looking. Yeah. Man, yeah. there are a lot of good ships. I can't wait till next week to talk about some of the, the Sith fleet. Yeah, I think that's going to be in two weeks when two I'm weeks, gone, okay. when you talk about the ships. Oh. That's going to be... Not again. I will be gone too. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> All right, let's just not have a Unless show. we can talk about, about that, more okay? wasp ships that are like, that no technical specs are discussed and we just talk about how cool it Only is that if I'm allowed to talk about carcass and like just use the exoskeleton. <laughs> so cool. Only if we're allowed to make Ender's Game references because it's there. Mm. So. So, hey, uh, I asked the question, Arca, Arca or Thawne? Now, Arca is a, a tremendously influential character. He actually comes back in... Um, in some form or fashion, I won't go give in too many details here. In Force Ghost, uh, no, it's a different okay. way. Okay. Um, I won't. I won't. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. In Knights of the Old Republic by John Jackson Miller in that oh, series, so cool. Arca comes back in in a certain Ooh. capacity there. So uh, builds off this this foundation that is laid before him, and so many Star Wars stories do build off this. Kotor, in particular, really uses all of this lore as gospel. The story of Exar Kun and Ulit Keldroma and, and Nagasato and, and Ludo Kresh, all of this is referenced in Kotor in some form or fashion. But, Rick, what's your vote? Are you Team Arca or Team um, Thawne? Which of these makes the better you know, master mentor? Mm, I think I'm going to go with Thawne. Because he's he's more of a mentor, I guess, than a master. Mm. The empathy of giving um, Nomi time to grieve and kind of work through her own her own needs before just go save the galaxy. You know, like he still forced her, but he still and he gently kind of led her to where she needed to be. Um, but it was very respectful, I guess. I don't know. So he I'm gonna forced go her respectfully. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I liked like about Arca. The very first. St- the very first uh, That's true. arc for Arca, Arca uh-huh. uh, sends out, they says, hey, we've got a distress call from the Onderon system. And they're like, wow, Master, yeah. that sounds like a hard task. And he says, no, 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 I'm not going. You're going to go. You, yeah, go on. <laughs> Take care of it. Yep. And then when they mess it up, he shows up and he says, yeah, you guys really should have called for backup because... <laughs> right. Y'all were really way over your heads up. here. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of, uh, for, for, for our canon High Republic fans... Uh, Loading great storm, you know, pushes Bell off the cliff. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm. you know, you have to catch yourself. Figure it out. Mm. That's right. It's that sort of a dynamic, which is great. Emily, are you Team Thawne or Team Arca? Um, I'm torn. I I like Thawne more, but I think that's because I connect more with Nomi than I do with Ulick. And people kept talking about Arca, and I thought, like, 
why do we like this guy? Like, he's just kind of, they, you, he's talked about, but he doesn't have much direct involvement. He seems to be, like, more of a mentor and, like, I don't know. He was clearly important to Ulick, but because I wasn't the biggest fan of that character, it was um, tough for me to be Team Arca. So I'll go with Team Thon. Great answer here from Skuma in the chat. Uh, in the chat, uh, Skuma in the chat. Uh, Skuma says that uh, Arca Jeth for me, it's cool seeing a Native American coded Jedi, and absolutely, I do love that. that in this series, okay. excels bad. in its representation. Mm-hmm. Which is not what you'd expect from a, a 90s comic, but it does. It really does. Uh, I'm also Team Thon because he's a preacher. All right? <laughs> when Thon, he shows up to... Bear with me. He, I know he can't talk, like, conventionally. He doesn't speak <laughs> basic all that well. He communicates like telepathically. Moses and Aaron. <laughs> sure. Hey, he shows up to the, the meeting of the politicians to talk about how we need to send some help to the Republic Army down to... Uh, bail out the Andron system. And he he has to he he gives them this beautiful speech about how important it is that the the politicians work together and unite um it's it is beautiful. I love his speech that he gives the politicians to get them on board. Um it had me saying amen in his alien telepathic tongue. Mm. Was it like was it like full on like Pokemon talk where it's like he just like says his name? Like I know that I I read like the parts where he talks and like it kind of slips in between basic and whatever gibberish he speaks. Mm. Um, so I just want to know is it there's Don 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 I do like the way that it's written, scripted kind of by the letterer in this. Shout out to the letterer. The letterers they're often overlooked in the comics world. Oh. The the lettering for his alien speech is really well well crafted. looks looks it beautiful. Is. So, a mm-hmm. uh, great answer here from Skuma Joe in the chat. He says, "I love Thon too. I'll admit, there's a very sweet scene with Arca that gets me in redemption that may be swaying my vote. So, okay. stay no tuned. Voting on things we haven't read yet. Come on, stay now. tuned for that. Uh, yeah. Stay tuned for that for I sure. Like I'm missing for sure. All right. something. It it really does bring the series full circle mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, Saves the series in, in it's great on its own right, but redemption is, is something special. Okay, okay. so um, we've talked about the 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 heroes and the mentors. We've briefly touched on the villains. We've not said a lot about Exar Kun yet, though, and we need to because Exar Kun. Oh man, Exar Kun. I mean, he is. That's a household oh name. Gosh. It really for is. Star Wars fans. I was like, what? This is him. The very first double-bladed lightsaber. Oh, I gotta go grab mine. I didn't the very first double-bladed lightsaber. Hmm, yeah, that's right. The, one of these no artists, idea. I forget which one it is, designed the first double-bladed lightsaber and presented it to George and everything. And George approved the idea and said, Hey, he's never gonna go for this. And he did. He did. And um, so it's it's a blue. I think we've got a, an image of it, Rick. Uh, Rick the oh, okay. Exarcoon with the double-bladed blue yep. lightsaber. This is one of my favorite panels of Star Wars art of all time. There it is. Love it. Mm. Where's my that was, that's pretty it. cool. Yep, so close. Here we go. All right, put me on the one. Ready? I'm going to do I'm gonna do my very best double-bladed blue lightsaber unsheathing moment. Oh, I forgot I took the blades out. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Po- pose with it. I'll, I'll Photoshop it for you. 
Okay, that's cutting off your yeah. head. Don't have oh, okay. it over your no, head. No, no, it's in front of the face. It's in front of the face. Yeah, I'm not that good. <laughs> right into the tube like Luke does. Oh, man. One of the greatest Star Wars moments of all time. All right, so all right. Um, beyond the lightsaber, beyond the lightsaber, um, how, how does how does Exar Kun propel beyond this series as such a, 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 a lasting... A Sith Lord who leaves such a lasting legacy. What is there that makes him a great villain? Uh, hmm. Genocide. <laughs> There's that. That that makes one quite the villain. There's an X in his it, name. Very that evil. That helps as well. Leave some <laughs> answers for me, gosh. <laughs> Sorry, Rick. You got this. Some, you got it. Who are some other villains with X's in their name? Like Xerxes? Yeah. 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 There you go. Um, Wasn't he kind that's of a hero, got, too? Uh, <laughs> Depends uh, on your point of view yeah, if you're yeah. Spartan or uh, Persian. Yeah. This is Sparta. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, uh, also, we've got here uh, in the comment that it should be mentioned that this is the first appearance of Korriban. That yep. was cool. Hmm. That was really cool. And this is the design that ends up being influential for you know years to come, uh, or maybe Empire's End. We don't know. Whichever one came out first. So. Yeah, we didn't fact check the comments. Apologies. Um, what is it about Exar Kun that makes him such an enduring villain? What um, are your thoughts? Why... Well, he won't go away. Yeah. I mean, he's literally enduring because he spans how many generations or how many millennia even? Um, so like 4,000 years? Away. Yeah. Yeah. So makes him quite enduring. It's like the So explain to our listeners <laughs> what you're talking about here. Um. So, Exar Kun comes back in, what is it, uh, Jedi Academy? Yeah. Um, and that's Luke and his apprentices that are uh, under the influence of this, was he a hologram or is he just a straight up demon ghost or Sith ghost? Yeah, just a ghost. Okay. I can't remember if he was contained to a hologram or not. Um, so, yeah. So, he, even though he's defeated like time and time again, he keeps coming back and he keeps on popping his head up in different stories as a, as a bad guy on Yavin. So, yeah, what and he he possesses uh, Kip Duran, who leads him to commit genocide as well with the Sun oh, Crusher. Yeah, the Sun Crusher, that's right. And so, here's what kills me what about this. Genocide? And I don't know if it's if it's um like a uh Exarkun Frida Nad thing or if it's just a Kevin J Anderson trope. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's oh. one of the two, maybe both. Oh. That Exar Kun falls to the dark side because, first of all, you know, he's already kind of a rebellious knight who's power hungry and ambitious and is interested in the forbidden, the forbidden fruit sort of deal. And so he goes to to find the the you know ancient Sith lore, the amulets, and um but there he is lured and enticed to the dark side by the spirit of Frida Nat. And mm-hmm. is basically possessed by Frida Nat. And it's like, you know, hey, he's about to die, he's been hit with was it like a was it was it poison? Um I think anyway, he was going to die. He was like physically crushed and then had to use the dark side to like pull himself back together to live, which is very un Jedi. Yeah. Right. And he makes kind of a deal with the devil with Freedom Nan, who tells him, If you do this, you're one of us. You will if you embrace the dark side, this is it, you're a Sith Lord. And so so it's almost like Exar Kun falls to the dark side. It's more complex than this, but for the TLDR of it all, Exar Kun falls to the dark side because he was possessed by the ghost of Freedom Nat. Then, millennia later, 
Kip Duron falls to the dark side because he's possessed by the ghost of Exar Kun. So it's like Exar Kun has spent 4,000 years thinking about how he's going to get his big bad revenge. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to do what that old fart did to me. <laughs> I don't have time. Not paste. I've been stuck on this rock for thousands of now years. I'm not about taking it. chances. going to do what's worked. I had a lot of time to think about this and... He did a really good job at messing everything up in my life, so <laughs> I'm just going to do that to the next kid that walks into this temple. Oh my gosh. That was that so, was good. But on like a mythological kind of Shakespearean level, I like the way history repeats itself. Mm. And there's there's this idea of a protagonist who flirts with destiny and flirts with um, their own inner darkness and then has the, the opportunity to come back or to go too far. And so all of that stuff I really enjoy with all this. All right. Um, Exar Kun does become a household name among Legends fans. However, he's not the only villain in this series. Who do you more love to hate? Queen Aminoa or King Omen? The two evil rulers on Onderon. Um, Aminoa <laughs> is a queen who worships the spirit of Freedom Nad. And then King Omen is a decrepit corpse held aloft with the power of the dark side and Frida Nad. Okay, I was so confused. Can I this. can I riff for a second? Yeah, please do. For sure. So um I'm reading these stories on an iPad. Mm-hmm. And when I get to um what episode, what issue is this? Wherever we are, um when we're first introduced to Queen Aminoa. It's like the first and story I, arc there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm reading this, you know, I don't always go to like the zoomed in version and I straight up read Queen Amanda. And <laughs> um, the presence of Queen Am- of Amanda, Queen of Onderon. And so it was like probably three issues. I was like, all right, Queen Amanda, we're just going to rock that 90s name. That's fine. And um, and then Rick, you zoom in and it's like, we oh. just talked about her on our episode with Trevor two weeks ago. I had no clue who she was then either. <laughs> So, see, like, it's obviously oh, okay. Aminoa, but when you're reading no, it... No, it does it, look like Amanda in that script. It really does. So, like, I was like, Queen Amanda, got it. Cool. So, there well, you go. Emily, here's a question for you. Who would win in a fight, Darth Hannah or Queen Amanda? <laughs> oh, man. We're going to have to put it to the Discord, guys. There's no way I can make that very nuanced and complex call I mean, here. Darth, Darth, Hannah. Can we talk Hannah's about down. for a second how old this queen is? And like, mm. they're humans, as far as I can tell. And says the right. queen seems far older than her 70 years. Her daughter, Gallia, heir to the throne, is only 18. Can we just, can we just like mm. do some math? I'm not great at it. Or maths, Ooh. if you're British. What maths. happened there? Yeah. Hmm. Well, you see, when a okay. mommy no, Rick, and a dad... Don't, do don't, do <laughs> don't do that. I'm just so old. They're both so, it's, it's dark so side magic. old. Yep. Well, have you ever read the story of Abraham and Sarah in the Bible? Yes, but like That's Star different. Wars That's different. different. Don't go there. <laughs> Why? He's over 100, uh, I guess. I don't know. This is the, yeah, it's like so, truly shocking. No, there's some great... Wacky legend stuff in this series, which is what makes it rich and beautiful. I was um, that threw me. But you, you know what's not beautiful? King Omen. Rick, can we show the good folks King Omen? Oh my oh, okay, gosh, yeah. this guy. 
Now, this is something that has been recently recanonized with uh, the rise of Palpatine. What's that movie called? The Rise of Skywalker. But um, mm. yeah, so this Palpatine is held aloft by a physical mechanical harness that canonically is known as the Omen Harness, according to the ah. uh, Rise of Skywalker novelization by Ray Carson. And so, King Omen, welcome back. You're back in the limelight, buddy. Mm. Congratulations. He's been he's been alive all this time. So I'm curious um, why they didn't just to pair hate? up. They were like had similar goals. Why was he stowed away in like some secret place to keep the story lasting longer? Mm. They um, were together, but like maybe they were estranged. I imagine it's hard to keep a marriage um, going for eternity last, lasting when you both are you know sold your souls to sith lords um yeah, i imagine you're like not the most agreeable they, selfless uh people the angles on his fingers as he's like falling apart are just horrifying they're yeah like they're gross is he um like uh duke harkonnen from dune like that kind of vibe that's crickets for me buddy mm. okay Help me out in the chat, those of you who like Dune. So he uh, he had like like a uh, yeah. machine to lift his body yeah, and was a total yeah, creep yeah. and stuff like that. So mm. I could see that. There's a lot of overlap between Star Wars and Dune, back and forth over the years. For sure, for sure. So uh, we've talked about quite a few of the villains, though. I do wonder: is Freed and Nad ultimately at the end of the day the big bad of Tales of the Jedi, or is it more Exar Kun? I mean, Queen Aminoa and King Omen. Shout out to them. They're both gross and ugly and old, but you know they're not they're not the big bads of the whole overarching mm. series so far. Based on what you've read, who would you say is the big bad villain of of these comics? I'm gonna go with um, Naga Sadao since I read the wrong ones. <laughs> uh, That's good. That's you're allowed to say that. Yep. I'm gonna go with Exarcoon. He went like Perfect. next level. I don't know. Freedom I'll Nad go, was. I'll go with Freedom Nad. Pretty evil. You do? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, on a certain level, he's the one who possessed Exarcoon and uh, really cemented him down the, the dark path. Though. Mm. I feel like Exarcoon um, made his own choices, though. That's the crux of the series, is, is how much of it is destiny and fate mm-hmm. versus how much of it is is your own responsibility for your own actions. And for more on that, tune in next week for our uh, discussion of Tales of the Jedi Redemption, where that issue is discussed in more detail. So before we wrap it all up, just a few overarching questions. Um, The design of all this is uh, a wild departure from what we've seen in the original trilogy. We've got this 90s comic style, and the Jedi almost look like Arthurian knights more than the monkish Jedi that we become accustomed to when it's all said and done. And I've, I've heard this go both ways. I wonder what is your opinion is Tales of the Jedi too similar to what we see in the original trilogy, just to rehash, repeat, uh, or is it too different? Like wildly, well, hey, this is just way out there for you. Do you think it's uh, too much in this direction, too much in the other direction, or, or like a baby bear, just right? <laughs> you can tell I've been reading to my four-year-old a lot lately. <laughs> well, I guess just right. Um, there's there's some stuff that's really out there. There's some stuff that seems very the same. But if it's meant to be sort of like a mythology or um, kind of like history repeats itself. That's a normal thing. And so like if it is set in a completely different time, then it could be like, oh, yeah, this is 
kind of like what happened back then. So like when you have new events that happen in history, you can look back and see like, well, this isn't the first time we've encountered something like this. Um, so there, I think there's this kind of like a cyclical effect in, in storytelling that can be kind of appealing. It also, to me, it felt like kind of a lot of the same, but, um, given the, the type of story that this is, that's not, shouldn't be surprising. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Um, especially considering the fact that this is similar to what we got in, um, Dark Empire with Luke, you know, saying I need to... Uh, infiltrate the dark side in order to defeat it. And, um, of course, there's a holocron from Voto Boss that tells some of these stories, and he says there, like, don't you know the story of Exarchum, or of, of Ulit Keldroma, who did the same thing? And so I like the way that these authors were able to weave their material across mm-hmm. eras. In these early days of, of the 90s, EU was really building some strong, connective uh, storytelling tissue, mm-hmm. which is really rewarding for for readers. Rick, is it too similar, too different, or, or right in the middle? Uh, I think right in the middle. And I'm I'm excited to go back and, once I finish all these, go back and read Dark Empire again to see some more of that. Um, mm. But, like, Star Wars has always been repeating tropes, repeating themes. Um, you know, this. thankfully this is not a Skywalker story. Um, it's nice to get away from all that. But, um, you know, it still is... George Lucas's vision was this trilogy of trilogies of of these stories that kind of repeat themselves, and so it's it's fitting that I think um, we've got some similarity and overlap. I think it's a good good happy medium. And what else is fitting too is just like in Dark Empire, there is a uh, a naked Force user. Um, <laughs> in who who is that? Tales oh. of the Jedi, we have a naked Jedi master. All right, bring that back up. Cut to the one, Rick. Cut to the one. <laughs> What is it? Show it again. He Who's, is, who is it? very nude. It's Arca. He's oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I turned to that and I was like, "Well, it wouldn't be Legends." There it is. Um, it's it's, it's balance in the force. It's balance. Right. You got a light side user too. I mean, honestly, hey, like his positioning of- there too is like almost Christ-like. Was like, oh, that's what I was like. Yeah, I don't know where we're going with this. <laughs> well, speaking of art, um, the artwork in this is divisive. On the one hand, it kind of looks like, you know, your classic 90s, uh, early 90s artwork. Oh, my Didn't gosh. Show this picture off. Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, what's what's her name? Um, Alima. Alima. Oh, Did I include the wrong word. picture in the... <laughs> oh, I don't know. In the file. Just any picture of uh, her is like, what yeah. is happening here? Yeah, That's looking enough. at the artwork, the, the covers by Dave Dorman are for me some of the oh, finest pieces yes. of Star Wars art of, of all time. This is my, one of my really favorites good. here. This is uh, the Freed and Net Uprising number one by Dave Dorman. That's got, I think, Warb Null with the lightsaber. I mean, it is, oh man, one of my very favorite pieces of Legends art. Uh, a great comment there in the chat. I'm not gonna say it. All right, but uh, you you can you can mm. see it. All right, moving on. Next um, next year, March Madness is gonna be your favorite <laughs> naked Star Wars character. <laughs> well, we had we had Mace Windu and Shatterpoint. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> For sure. Oh man. Okay. This could actually be a thing. Great. What did I start? Pick uh, your and our legends and, uh, bingo. <laughs> Pick a naked right. person. Hey, <laughs> stick it in a That'd square. Be fun. We could have a Legends Look Back bingo card. That'd be fine. We could do a game out of that. Oh, we should totally um, do it. Somebody make one for us. We don't want to do it ourselves. Yeah. All right. Um, with the art, anything else worth saying about the art? Uh, evaluate the art. Give it a grade. How 
is is the art jarring for you to go back to after all these years, uh, or did were you able to adjust to it? I think the covers are on a different, different. Like you said, they're a different league of their own, man. Like yeah. they're Dave Dorman, man. They're incredible, and um, not blown away by many panels within the the comics themselves. But um, there are some really good ones. So the wasp, but it's, it's was functional, you know. Tells the story. Yeah, I like some of that. My there's some I meant to include. I just didn't have time. The battle between Ulick and Mandalore. Mm. Ulick's mm. doing this flip up above him. Oh, his like robes are flowing, and the lightsaber is kind of got this jagged look to it. Um, it's very dynamic. I, I really love. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. So speaking of which, I, I just gave mine away. My favorite little story moment is that with uh, Ulick's duel with Mandalore. What about the two of you? Did you have a favorite story beat or uh, a plot line in Tales of the Jedi so far? Hmm. I just love Nomi. I mean, I don't love every part of her character, uh, but like, I think she's so cool. The montage of her learning to be a Jedi uh, is really cool. Her Jedi training. Mm -hmm. I do love that. Hmm. Man, I haven't gotten enough to see the complete arcs all the way. It keeps cutting back and forth, so I'm like a third or two thirds in on everything. So yeah, Ooh. next week I'll, I'll catch up. The Jedi Groot was cool. That was really nice when he was like protecting. You won't get these lightsabers and turns into a tree and then like dies. That was cool. <laughs> yes, I I do love that. I was trying to find that for a reference on something months ago, and I thought it was in the Young Jedi Knights books, and I could not find it for the life of me. And it was in this, which was like, when I saw it, I was, ah, there it is. I was desperately trying to find that. Uh, great comments here in the chat. We're about to wrap it up for tonight. I do love everybody's comments. Such good fervor here, good participation in the chat. Thank you for that one, Eddie, who talks about another uh, naked character being Shizor in Shadows of the Empire. That, yep. Yeah, yep, he was yep. surprised. That happened. <laughs> Thank I mean, you and congratulations. He likes his it. own pheromones, I guess. Mm. You made it onto the stream with that comment, mm. for, for better or for worse. One last question before we wrap it up for tonight: If Tales of the Jedi was to be modernized and brought into canon in some form or fashion, how, if you were in charge, how would you adapt the series? Uh, in what medium would you adapt it? Uh, would it be a comic? Would it be? A, uh, a TV show or a live action movie, a video game. What would be the medium? What would be, what arc would you want to adapt? You know, we've had quite a few different kind of story things here. You don't necessarily have to choose all of it. Uh, what characters would you want to bring back? And then um, what significant changes, if any, would you make? Would you um, possibly not have as many of the, the love interests or. Yeah, it's so, like twenty questions, bro. Yeah, that was a if lot. If you were to adapt Tales of the Jedi, how would you mm-hmm. do it in canon? I would hijack the High Republic and sneak him in there. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Take away the love stuff, like Alima. Yeah. Maybe like if she like seduced him to bring him over to the dark side, that's believable. The thing with him and Lo- and Nomi just didn't work. It wasn't for me. It wasn't compelling well, enough of a reason. And he wasn't at all loyal to her. Like, in no way did he resist Alima. Like, in no way. So. Uh, how about this? Ulik way cooler than Nomi's first husband. He was a wimp. Seriously. Dies by just <laughs> random venomous animal the first, like, 
Oh my gosh, yeah. It sounds yeah. like he had lots of missions, but it's just out shopping and then <laughs> Yeah. No, it, he was ambushed. It was he was set up by the the huts uh, thugs. He just didn't have. Who was it who had the comment sense. though about? You know, they tell yeah, you. you didn't get the brief. It's like hey, don't talk about these incredibly valuable crystals. Just don't yeah, talk oh, about yeah. them. Yeah. Right. Anyway, yeah, sad day. Sad day. <laughs> All right. So if you were to adapt it, okay. uh, you would insert them into the higher public. All right. What yeah, else? Yeah, it, it would fit. I feel like as a series, fit, it would be really good because like little. Um, it'd have to be like a prequel, like uh, Wave One Point Five. Yeah, well, like I don't know, two point. Sort of like how they did. Was it Ronin? Yeah. Oh yeah. Where it's kind That's of like impressionistic. It's a little bit, um, ah. kind of like legendy, uh, legendy. I think that could work. Where it's kind of very stylized. Yeah, stylized. That's a good way to put it. That's exactly what I was thinking. And yeah. honestly, Emily, this is what I was hoping for when we got uh, Tales of the Jedi, the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> we went to the big panel at Celebration. They different. used the old school logo. And then it was like, you know, an Ahsoka story, which is fine. That's good. Uh, but I would have liked to have seen, even if they were like shorts, you know, five minute, 10 minute little um, shorts here. Like yeah, that's an really ancient, nice. legendary tale of this larger than life heroic Jedi and then his fall to the dark side mm-hmm. and then the war against the Beast Riders. And, you know, I, I think Riders. that could be really. That was sick. Beast Riders. I do think about the, the Transformers show every time. <laughs> <laughs> the Beast Wars of Onderon. That's one of the one of mine and Freddy's shared passions is mm. the old school Beast Wars show. Shout out to Beast Wars and shout out to all of our wonderful listeners for being here with us live on this uh, episode of Legends Look Back. That does it for tonight. Coming up next week on Living Force on Monday night, we've got the Star Wars Celebration London Reactions, which uh, set those alarms nice, bright, and early, Governor, because uh, over there in London, we've got uh, a 6 a.m. panel that, uh, 6 a.m., uh, I think it's, might be American Eastern time. Yeah, I don't know. I'm waking up early personally to try to f- see what the news is. And uh, we'll cover the Legends news here on Legends Look Back. If you want the larger scope on all that, Monday on the Living Force. Next week on Legends Look Back. However, we're going to talk about uh, Golden Age of the Sith, Fall of the Sith Empire, and Tales of the Jedi Redemption. And boy, it had better be good because we've talked it up on this episode. That does it for this week. Thanks for joining us on Legends Look Back. Thanks to our incredible patrons for your support. A special thank you to Brian Dooley, Earl Q., Carl Sander and Zach W. on our Jedi High Council, as well as James T., Ashley Ingalls, and Chris Carrizo on the Alliance High Command. Thank you for your amazing support. Uh, if you would like your thoughts read right on the show, you can find our contact information in the description. We're on Twitter at Legends Look Back. Remember, please uh, leave us those likes and uh, comments, sub to the channel, leave us a review in your podcast platform of choice. And remember to be a force for positivity and keep that you teeny fan code everybody until next time may the force be with you this is a utini broadcast